Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler show you what it takes to become a top 10% performer in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler. We have Dr. Kathy Greenberg on the phone. And between Kathy and I, we have helped thousands of uh, leaders and executives to perform in the top 10%. In today's show, we're very fortunate to have Phil Richards, a uh, life insurance industry and leadership author. Phil is, is also a certified financial planner. He's a charter life underwriter and a registered health underwriter. And in addition, he's the chairman of the board and chief executive officer of the affiliated companies that operate under the name Northstar Resource Group. Northstar represents a fully integrated array of financial services and products for individuals and businesses of all sizes and has over 70,000 clients with offices in 10 states. Uh, Phil has a uh, book that we're going to talk about a little bit later, 25 Secrets of Sustainable Success, that was published in March 2007. And his uh, company, Northstar, has been a leading outlet for its largest supplier, Minnesota Life, for the last 16 years is one of two of the largest organizations of its kind in the world and, and ranked by the GAMA International. Phil has been a featured speaker in over a dozen countries on topics ranging from college recruiting and selection, strategic planning and leadership, and alternate distribution in the financial services industry in the 21st century. He has addressed annual meetings of over 60 companies. And Kathy and I always like to bring you the best in current leadership topics, interviews with proven leaders, and provide evidence-based best practices to help you develop more leaders in your organization. And I want to welcome my co-host, Dr. Kathy Greenberg. Hey, Riley. Hello, everybody. It's nice to be here today. Uh, today our guest, Phil Richards, is one of the leading thinkers in the insurance industry, and I'm delighted to be able to have him as our guest on the show. But before we bring him on, I want to just remind everybody who's listening what we try to provide to you in these shows. The first is we know that leaders, as you do, are the heartbeat of any organization, and most leaders tend to really underestimate just how much influence they have over others, and as a result, Often they can and their teams can underperform. But doing just a few things differently can drastically improve your performance and your organization, and we call that happiness equals profit. How you develop leaders in your organization is a top priority for us, and what happy companies know about performing is something that we talk about in most of our shows. And today we're going to talk about what we need to do to really create an environment where positive psychology strategies for leading and mentoring and coaching and the work that really does in emotional intelligence come true and come through in the insurance industry. But before we get started, uh, let me turn this back over to Relly to talk a little bit about the statistics and the fact-based information that we have to share with you. Thank you, Kathy. So I want to give you a little bit of information, then we'll bring on Phil. Um, Leadership Development News, we talk about leaders, and the reason that we talk about leaders uh, so much and why it's so important is leaders have 
50 to 70% influence over the climate of their team. The emotions are contagious, and leaders then are the emotional thermostat for their team. And we know uh, to bring someone to be a star performer, which we describe as someone in the top 10%, one of the key factors is emotional intelligence. And if you get leaders to be in the top 10%, they're twice, they bring twice as much revenue to the organization as leaders or managers in the 11th through the 89th percentile. And both Kathy and I are, are certified coaches, and one of the values of coaching, we know the value of training, and training has been known to help productivity enhance about 22%. But if you add coaching to that, then a person's productivity can go up about 88%. And if you're interested in more information from Dr. Kathy Greenberg, her website is www.h2cleadership.com. She has happiness books, tools, uh, information about her speaking keynotes, leadership and coaching services. And if you're interested in knowing more about me, my website is www.truenorthleadership for emotional intelligence books, tools, speaking keynotes, leadership and coaching boot camps. And Kathy, you want to introduce our guest? I would love to. It's an honor uh, to have met Phil. Uh, Phil, I would consider um, a new associate. We met just in February in Las Vegas um, at a large national conference where Phil was the actual keynote, um, and he was just magnificent. I know Raleigh's done a great job of introducing Phil to our listening audience, but I'm just going to give you a couple more highlights in case you weren't listening. Phil Richards is the chairman of the board and, of course, the chief executive officer of the companies that are affiliated known today as North Star Resource Group. And in 2007, uh, Phil was named uh, the recipient of the 66th Annual John Newton Russell Memorial Award. This is the highest honor in the insurance industry from the National Association of Insurance and Financial Advisors, and that should give you some insight into the quality of Phil's thinking, philosophies, his work, and the caliber of ethics and moral compass he brings uh, to an industry that's always um, in chaos and always challenged. His book, 25 Secrets for Sustainable Success, um, was published, as Relly said, in March of 2007, and it's catching on like wildfire. Uh, I'm sure that uh, many of you will want to get that book, and we'll ask Phil before he leaves today how we can access um, not only his companies and the information that he provides, but where we might be able to find his book. Um, I want to just get to Phil um, as a featured guest today, and as you've heard, uh, he speaks all over the place. I was with him a few minutes before the show, and he talked a little bit about the many speaking engagements he has, and I'm delighted to hear that we'll be crossing paths uh, in the spring of next year at uh, American College. So welcome, Phil. Thank you, Kathy, and Riley, it's a pleasure to be with you uh, today, and uh, hopefully before the hour is out, I'll learn a few things myself. <laughs> Terrific. You know, we did talk about the uh, rankings by GAMA, G-A-M-A, and we might have some listeners here, uh, Phil, that might not be necessarily in the industry of insurance. Can you just tell us what GAMA or GAMA is? Yes, GAMA International is, an, it is the only organization of its kind internationally which is involved in growing other people. In other words, every other in industry organization, whether it be in the securities, insurance, or real estate, is about 
the 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 customer. It, it's it, it is about delivering product to the customer. Gamma International is about growing the people who grow the people who deliver the product to the customer. Mm. So it is an organization. Originally, it was called the General Agents and Managers Association. That that is no longer the case. It is now just Gamma International. It has uh, members in probably 30 countries around the world, Asia and Europe included. Uh, and, again, its focus is on how do we grow people. Well, as I said before, you are uh, one of the most touching speakers I've ever heard, and you said it's it's not about being good. You said something else? You said, you, you said to me before it's not about being good, it's about outliving? Oh, yes, uh, outliving everyone else. If you, just live long, if you just live long enough, you have a better <laughs> chance at ultimate success. I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, that, uh, that's great, uh, Phil. Why don't you uh, just give us a little bit of background, tell us about yourself and, and uh, how you came uh, to work in insurance and, and also then your interest in the field of leadership. Well, as I mentioned to Kathy, and, and I, I don't describe in my book, but I was actually uh, born in uh, the Lower East Side of Manhattan, so I didn't have the silver spoon. My mother was a single-parent bartender in a very, very tough neighborhood in Manhattan. And um, I, I learned uh, I learned something that was very touching to me at uh, seven or eight years old. There was a billboard at 11th and Avenue A, and it was of a very tall, slender man stooped over helping what appeared to be a two- or three-year-old child. And the caption is what got me. And it said, a man has never stood so tall as when he stooped to help a child. And I could never get that poster out of my mind, and it has formed the backdrop of my life in terms of wanting to grow other people, helping other people up. And I think if you read any of the great philosophers, they, will, they, they all say essentially the same thing, and that is the, the key to happiness is in your relationships with and attitudes toward helping your fellow man. So uh, from there, I... Um, I actually ended up becoming a wrestler, went to uh, undergraduate school on a wrestling scholarship, or I would not have been able to afford to go there, and coming out of uh, Temple University in Philadelphia, took a position in the insurance industry with Penn Mutual, and there met my mentor, a man by the name of Maury Stewart, uh, who grew me and many of the lessons that I now try and share with other people are really those that I inherited from from somebody who really cared about me. So we mentioned earlier about um, the difference between a a teacher and a mentor, and I think if if only we make this one point on this show, there will be a lot of people who will be better leaders tomorrow, and that is that he was a teacher, but I've had many teachers, but the but what made him a mentor was he was a teacher who cared. Mm. See, not all teachers care, but the true mentors, the true leaders, are not only ones who want to impart knowledge to their fellow man, they want to make sure we get it. That's amazing. And th- these are the kind of words that touched me when I was sitting in the audience. Now, you were just talking a little bit about how you came into this industry, and you said that uh, Maury... Uh, was one of those people who influenced you as a leader. And, and it sounds to me like having a single mother uh, was also a strong influence on you. 
Yeah, she was a tough lady. I, I was I, I was 13 years old before I realized that she was not telling me the truth when she said she could beat up any man on earth. <laughs> <laughs> My kind of woman. So, you know, here we are talking about strength, and, um, you know, you, you evidently um, instill a great deal of courage uh, in people to be mentors. What do you think is the most challenging thing for you uh, being the CEO uh, of North Star and its affiliated companies? Uh, the biggest challenge for me, as you know, Kathy, everybody we hire comes right off of college. do that because young, young 21, 22-year-old young ladies and men, they are like a, they're like a good wine. They will, they'll take the form and shape of whatever vessel you pour them into. Uh, Phil, hold on to that idea. Okay. And we're going to come right back. This is Dr. Kathy Greenberg with my co-host, Riley Nather, on Leadership Development News. The bottom line in business, Voice America Business. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better what do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately how do you delegate effectively how do you develop strong relationships across the organization emotional intelligence training coaching books and tools by dr nadler are available at his website www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066 Once upon a time, there lived three energy hogs. Now, an energy hog is what you have when humans waste energy. One day, the three energy hogs set out to find themselves a cottage. Let's look for leaky windows, said the first energy hog, for he knew that would waste energy. Let's look for leaky doors, said the second. Let's look for a swing set, said the third, for he had more blubber than brains. So they set off down the road. Presently, they came upon a tiny cottage where dwelled a clever girl named Dreadilocks. I hope it has leaky windows, cried the first energy hog. I hope it has leaky doors, cried the second. I hope it has a bathroom, cried the third, for only his brains were smaller than his bladder. But Dreadilocks liked playing cool games at energyhog.org. And from energyhog.org, she learned how to use energy wisely. So the three energy hogs were forced to look elsewhere to waste energy and had to use the disgusting restroom at the gas station down the road. And the moral of the story is, to use energy wisely, log on to energyhog.org or waste not, hog not. This public service message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. This is Ed Hanway, CEO of Cigna Corporation. Join us in celebrating all babies, those born healthy, and those who need help to survive. Go to marchofdimes.com and tell your special baby's story. Read other stories, too. And while you're there, learn how you can help the March of Dimes fight premature birth and give babies a healthy start. What a wonderful way to celebrate babies. Marchofdimes.com. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business.
are listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking with Phil Richard. He's the chairman uh, of the board, chief uh, executive officer of the affiliated companies that operate under the name uh, North Star Resource Group. And, Phil, before the break, you were just talking about how you got your um, new employees fresh out of college. Maybe you can kind of continue with that as we right. go forward. Yes, thank you, Riley. But, uh, the, the actual question was what, what do I consider to be some right. of the greatest challenges that I'm facing today, and I was just explaining that uh, we're – our niche, our specialty, is hiring young people right off college campuses. And I was making the point that they're like a good wine, and they'll take whatever form or shape of whatever vessel you put them into. So when we, we want people who believe totally that the client's needs always come first. So rather than try and change people who are 30 or 40 or 50, what we're trying to do is develop young people into our core values, which are faith, integrity, growth, and service. And you can do that with young people. Well, the the two problems that we have with these young people, there's so many of them in the organization now that trying to, to connect with them at you know, when I've been in the business 40 years, gets tougher and tougher with each new class that we bring in. So being on a first name and personal level is a challenge for me. The second thing is because I'm not able to, to, to interface with them as much as I would like to, it's very difficult for me to bring the very best in them out from the very beginning. Uh, in other words, it, I believe so much in what people are capable of doing and yet sometimes our biggest inhibitor to success is are the limits and parameters we place ourselves in. So I guess trying to get young people to believe in themselves and their capacities uh, is really one of the functions of leadership that I have more and more challenge in terms of accomplishing given the, the distance in age and given the, the enormity of the company at this point. Phil, you were just talking about a, a common problem that we, we obviously aren't going to solve on this show, but the idea here is that millennials, the generation that you're talking about that's coming out of college and coming into our workplace, are very different than the generations before us. Now, you said there were four components in your company, and I missed one of them. You said faith, integrity, something, and service. Growth, growth, and, growth service. and service. And, okay. and your faith can be either a religious or a non-religious. So you, we can have faith in one another. We can have faith in the customer. We can have faith in financial planning. There are many things you can have, yet we have many people who are very religious at heart, and for them, faith means something different. So the umbrella is big enough to take everyone into account. So it's faith integrity, growth meaning a commitment to lifelong learning, and service to one's fellow man, service to other people. And the acronym is FIGS, F-I-G-S. So the other thing I'm hearing, uh, Phil, and I imagine just as as your organization grows, that you don't have the, the opportunity as that you would like to be the mentor uh, with Absolutely. folks as much as you can. That, that, is, that is so true, really. That and is I, so true. I think the other point I just want to highlight you said earlier you know, from uh, from one of your key mentors, Maury Stewart, that you use a lot of the practices that he used with you, 
And I think one of the, the values that we have with Leadership Development News, when, it, when a leader is really good, they leave a legacy. And it sounds like you're carrying on um, uh, Maury's legacy, and then that's what you're doing, is hopefully other people are going to carry on your leadership legacy. That's one of the four major responsibilities of any leader, and that is successorship. Did you leave something behind that crumbled when you left, or did you leave something behind that, that prospered because you were there? And you call that successorship. Yes. That's good. Yep. So that's one of the um, the keys that yes. you outline in your 25 secrets for sustainable success. Talk a little bit about the, um, I know we're going to get into your book, The 25 Secrets, in a second. But, but there was something that you wrote in another book, I believe, Coaching Power, where you wrote a chapter about why quarterly reviews are important. What what tips can you give our listeners about um, um, how to make these reviews more effective, and what what purpose do they serve? Well, thank you. That's a great question, Kathy, and um, one that I'm passionate about because you know every public company today has the rating agencies uh, and the Wall Street analysts. These are 22 year old young people coming in from the from the uh, the major uh, brokerage houses and asking CEOs to, to project what their profits are going to be over the next 90 days and to talk about what profits they produced over the last 90 days as compared to what they said they would. Well, if we require that of all the CEOs of all the Fortune 500 companies, why would we not require that same thing of ourselves? Mm. In other words, quarterly accountability, that you set goals, you define them, you reduce them to writing, and then you measure your performance against those goals. So the quarterly review is a tool that's used to do just that. It is used to bring people in who are trying to grow and succeed and ask them what their goal is for the next 90-day period of time or one year or both, and then to measure the performance in 90 days against what they said they were going to do and then analyze what the difference may have been. And at the end of that 90-day period of time, one of two things either has to happen. If they have missed that goal, they either have to reevaluate the goal or they have to reevaluate the activity because, obviously, if they don't increase the activity, you will get the same result 180 days from now as you did over the last 90-day period of time. So Albert Einstein said, you know, the, the definition of insanity is to keep doing the same thing over and over again and expect a different result. It's amazing because as you're speaking and I'm, I'm here looking um, at notes that I've made, you're saying to create your own personal analytical tool and use a quarterly review process with yourself, just like a publicly held company does with critical analytics, and then evaluate yourself against those goals and, and either reevaluate them, do more or less of them, or what about reassessing your strengths as a leader and recognizing where you should be focused? Uh, great question. If you'll recall, one of the points I made in the presentation that you were at was Chinese table tennis, and that is the story of the 1960 um, Chinese team that won the International Ping Pong Championship, and when the coach was asked by the uh, sports editor of the New York Times how he did it, the coach went on to explain that we never focus on weaknesses. If a young girl in Xinjiang province wins 
Xinjiang province and comes to the nationals in Beijing and she doesn't have a backhand, we don't work on her backhand. We work on whatever got her to Beijing. So we focus on things we do well instead of wasting time trying to improve on the things that we're not very good at. So a leader, a leader is someone who continues to point out and remind people, focus on the things you're passionate about, that you love doing, and that you do well. And if you do those the best in the world, you can have anything in the world. So that's some of the, uh, the feedback I, I hear, just the passion in your, your voice, Phil, <clears throat> where someone can really care for the person <clears throat> when they review their quarter review. Um, they can really focus on strengths, and that is that motivation. Correct. So, you know, kind of a follow-up with that is what do a, uh, a leader's expectations have to do with the excellence or performance of someone that they're dealing with? Um, one of the things that I've seen in 45 years in business is that people are better than they give themselves credit for. Mm. And what the leader's function is to bring the very best in people out. If you're constantly trying to grow people, if you're constantly trying to help people, you're looking, what's the best in these people that I can help develop? So one of the, one of the functions of the leader is to constantly look for the things they're best at and, and point those up to the people that you're trying to grow, getting them to focus on those things. Because as we say to people on a daily basis, it's not about working harder. It's about working smarter. It's about focusing on the things that you are good at. It's about doubling and redoubling your specialty and then delegating the rest. Delegate all of the things that you don't like. So often at presentations, Rally, I'm asked, you know, you have a big company now, but I don't have a big company, so I can't just go out and hire all these people that you've hired. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you were starting a company all over again, a small company, what would you do when you don't have the resources that you do now? And here's what I say. I'd write down the 10 or 20 most significant functions that you have. And then I would rank them in terms of what you love to do best versus number 20, what you hate to do. And then each time you hire one more person in your organization, you make sure that they're good and they have a passion for doing something you hate to do. So you start with number 20 and work your way back up when you're hiring other people. And you keep focusing on the things you love to do. So if you love recruiting people, that's your number one. If you love growing people, that's supervision, management, that's your number two. So you keep doing those things and keep delegating the things that you don't like to do. So what's great about hearing this is, is around the strengths, and Kathy and I know we've had people from Talent Plus and um, focusing on strengths, but I'm curious, because uh, this is kind of more in vogue, I think, in the last five, ten years, but it sounds like this has been a philosophy you've had for quite a while. Maybe you could say a little bit about this really focusing on strengths and some of the, the kind of the dictums that you're um, communicating now. How did, how did you form those? Well, I can actually tell you the years. 1973, I was in Atlanta, Georgia, in Peachtree, and I was addressing a major, major insurance company. And afterward, one of the people came up and said, you know, what you've just said is embodied in the Chinese table tennis. And I uh-huh. said, what's that story? That's where I learned uh-huh. a great metaphor to be able to make what I had been preaching for a long time anyway, that is focus on your strengths and delegate the rest. You know, one of the things that we forget about as leaders, oh, 
Phil, it sounds like we're going to have to come back to that okay. in one second. I'd like to come back to the idea of accountability okay. in building an organization. This is Leadership Development News, and we'll be right back. The bottom line in business, Voice America Business. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and and influence so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Adding fractions is nothing. For real? Look, these are denominators. You multiply this one so that it's the same as that, then you add them up. Man, that's easy. Charles Bennett dreamed of returning to the old neighborhood as a teacher. But without money for college, only half of his dream came true. He's back in the old neighborhood. Well, enough math. I got to deliver these sandwiches. Please support the United Negro College Fund. A mind is a terrible thing to waste. A message from the UNCF and the Ad Council. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back. This is Kathy Greenberg with Dr. Relly Nadler, and our guest today is Phil Richards. We were just talking about the idea of accountability. Phil, how vital is accountability in building an organization? Uh, it, it clearly is one of the most vital components one can have. Goal setting might be more important because that's what accountability is, is, is the, is the record-keeping that gets you to the goal. So that, so that the establishment of a good, worthy goal is really the, the first step. The second thing is how do you hold yourself accountable? How do you, how do you know whether you're winning or losing? And the way you do that is you have checkpoints. And in our case and in our model and in our company, we use a quarterly checkpoint. Not a monthly, a monthly. Too many things can go right or wrong in a four-week period of time. But over, over a 13-week period of time, all of that should kind of even out, smooth out, and we should be able to, to, to hit whatever goal it is that we set. And then you have an annual goal, which is the placing together of those four. But the accountability is the person of respect, the person who is holding another person accountable to, to sit with this person and go over the results. What did you say was going to happen? And did it happen or did it not happen? If it did not happen, what are we going to change to bring about a better result at the end of the next 90-day period of time? So, so 
the, the accountability is also a deadline. So let me give you a, a different way of looking at this. A goal and a dream are not the same thing because a goal is a dream with a deadline. Got it. See, a dream without a deadline is a fantasy. I, I, mean, I, I dream I'm, I want to be rich someday. That's not good enough. My goal is I want to be a millionaire by the time I'm 40. That's a goal. You see, you've got a deadline on the end of that. The quarterly review is designed to set a deadline to the goal and then to hold one's feet, one's own feet first, my feet first, and then the, the feet of others. Others, you know, as we've said numerous times, values are caught not taught. People don't do what we tell them to do. People see what we do, and they emulate those things. Oh, that, that's so well. You said values are caught? Caught, not, not taught. taught. That's good. I haven't, I haven't heard that one before. Um, let me ask you, Phil, just in regards to the accountability and goal setting, um, just any your take on, on feedback. I know a lot of our listeners um, are in places where they may be doing one-on-ones, they may be doing reviews, but any, any thoughts on, on your best ways of, about giving feedback? Um, yes, absolutely. And in my book, I think I list the ten questions. I, I have a glass tabletop on the top of my desk, and one of the things that I slip under that glass top are the ten questions that I ask in every quarterly review. Now, the first one is very perfunctory, and that is, how, how are you? How are you doing? Right. The second thing is, let's review your annual goal. The third thing is um, personal, if we have personal issues that we need to talk about, this meeting is only going to last 20 minutes. It has a beginning, a middle, and an end. It will end in a 20-minute period of time. If you have something that we should address personally, and these things come up, you know, one's kids are on drugs, you know, they're failing in school, somebody's pregnant, I mean, all kinds, we live in a, we live in a, uh, in that kind of a world. Uh, those things need to be addressed, but not in this 20 minutes. So I would make an appointment at 4.30 or 5 o'clock when your day is over or my day is over, and we're going to do, um, do that. So, so the third question is going to be, how are you now? The, the next question is, if you didn't hit your goal, what activity are you going to change? Because if you don't change the activity and you expect to hit your goal the next time, that's insanity. So you either have to reduce your goal or you have to increase your activity. So that would be question number four, and, and so, so forth, just in terms of, of the questions that we're trying to zero in on. One of the questions, one of the key questions is, how would you like me to hold you accountable? How would you like me to hold you accountable? So, because every person is different, and some people like to be held accountable. So I have some of them say, can I send you an email on my performance each morning? the day before. Absolutely. Absolutely you can. I'll look at it and I'll send you an email back telling you what I think about it. So that's how they want to be held accountable. Somebody else may not want to have accountability except on a monthly basis. That too is okay. So I, I would like to tailor make my, my um, managing role to their need rather than one size fits all. You know, Phil, as you're talking, I can't help but think about the work that Relly and I do in creating peer-peer coaching networks. And one of the things that we try to teach people as a coach is how to find someone that can hold you accountable and someone you can hold accountable, and you call that respect. And I think that that is so um, just phenomenal 
that you can um, associate the word uh, accountability with being respected and being respectful. Can you talk a little bit more about um, being competent and building trust uh, as keys to building relationships in your business, and and what are the best ways you found to build trust and establish your competency with with prospective clients? Well, you know, uh, great question, Kathy, and, and I think both of you are doing exactly the right thing when it comes to the accountability, who you want to be accountable to, and how would you like to help those that are accountable to you. Uh, the the whole concept of, of what what causes people to choose a financial planner, what causes people to choose a physician, what causes people, and, and you hit on the most important word, can I trust you? Can I trust you? Because if you're competent and I can't trust you, I don't want you. Or if I can trust you and you're not competent, I don't want you. But if I can have those two things in the same person that you're competent and I can trust you, you and I have a basis for, for a relationship. So whether it be a financial planner, physician, attorney, whatever it is, uh, that trust and competence are the two key criteria that every person, whether they do it consciously or subconsciously, is less important than the fact that we know that they are doing it. So, so what would be some of the key uh, areas? I mean, competency, I think, you know, with people's certification skills, that's a little easier to get. But uh, are there some things uh, in your organization around trust, you know, that you really um, coach people around? So how, how do you best build trust? You know, in, in I, first of all, I, I, don't, I don't know if you can build it. Okay. Uh, that's why we hire college kids at 21 and 22. They're, you know, we, we, that becomes the preamble in our company. You know, in the book, Built to Last by Collins and Porus, which is, I think, one of the finer business books ever published, they talk about a culture. And a culture is nothing more than a compilation of all the values that that organization holds dear. So it's a culture of an organization. So if you have a very honest culture and you hire a very dishonest person, that culture, according to the authors, will spit that person out. Conversely, if you have a very dishonest organization and a very honest person comes into that organization, if the organization doesn't spit the person out, the person will spit the organization out and leave. So that person's either part of the culture or not. So I don't know that we can build trust. What we're looking for in a young 22-year-old is someone who's coming in and saying, I'm coachable. Tell me what to do. I'm coachable. I want to succeed. Can you help me get there? And the answer to all those questions is, yes, we can help you get there. First thing you've got to memorize is the client comes first, always. If you ever put your interest in front of the client's, your history in this organization. That's what we stand for. Well, you can do that, you know, and these young people are so malleable, they get it. But I couldn't take someone who's been through three bankruptcies and two partners left town with his money and be able to teach him those same things because they come with baggage, they come with luggage. It's much more difficult to change people once they form their, their own values, which are, may, may or may not be the same as the company's. I couldn't have said that better, Phil, and I'll tell you one of the things that I think all three of us do um, without even recognizing that we do it as often as we do is we create awareness in those people that we motivate and uh, those people that we help with their goal setting and with their performance. So it's clear to me that one of the things that we can do based on what you just said is, A, be aware of the kind of people we're working with 
And something you talk about quite often in your book, and I'd like you to talk a little bit more about here, is the need for moral compass and a sense of purpose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> thank you, Kathy. Yeah, pur- purpose, purpose is everything. Um, what, what is your purpose in life? And I, I talk about tombstones. You know, Stephen Covey, in his book, one of his seven habits, is begin with the end in mind. And what is the end? What is the end for all of us? You know, as I've said so many times, man is the only living thing, plant or animal, that knows it's going to die. So if we all know we're going to die, and you follow Stephen Covey's admonition, then you begin with the end in mind. And the end in mind is your tombstone. What do you want on it? What do you want on that tombstone? And if you were a great physician, what you would want is she saved lives. That's what she wants on her tombstone. Uh, if you're um, if you're a clergy person, he or she saved souls. That's what you want on the tombstone. If you're a leader, if you're a modern leader, he grew people. Hmm. He grew people. That's what he did. He spent his life here on earth, and it's a better place because she was here, and in the time she was here, she grew people. So that's the end in mind. That's where I would begin in terms of what is what is the moral compass. The moral compass is if you have if you have the, the very values, if you espouse the values and then live and execute on those values, other people will catch those values. And if, and if they have a commitment to lifelong learning, to continuing to be a better person the day after tomorrow than you are tomorrow, then you and you're going to have some things in common with people who have the same purpose that you do, and that is growing other people, which is really the end game. So you said something earlier, Phil, and I think this is all very moving, and hopefully our listeners are feeling the same way, um, you know, about mentoring, and you said it should be, uh, you know, 20 minutes uh, or so around the accountability. I'm just wondering from this leadership versus you have people who have their own task, and I know in my world doing coaching, that's kind of a, an, an issue when, they are, when they're a working manager, working leader, they have their own task, and then finding time for, to do the leadership piece. And so sometimes I talk about that being work-leadership balance you know, versus work-life balance. Any kind of thoughts on how much time they should be putting into the leadership piece if you look at work-slash-leadership balance? Well, first of all, I couldn't have said it better than you did, really, in terms of, of identifying what the issues are and then guiding people in terms of the, the uh, uh, time, time commitment. Um, interestingly, um, you know, let me kind of do a sidebar and then come back to that. Okay. Um, but interestingly, um, when, when I'm asked if it, it, what is the single most important part of leadership, of being a leader, mm-hmm. and again, I, I refer back to that book I mentioned earlier, Built to Last, and that is leaders are teachers. Mm-hmm. Leaders are teachers. Today's readers become tomorrow's leaders mm-hmm. because they, they absorb information and they have this need to pass it on. So if you think about it, Martin Luther King, Jesus Christ, Mahatma Gandhi, they were all teachers. Right. They were teachers. And, and the reason that we still know who they are and the, the reason that they, they left so much behind was because they had disciples. They had people who listened to their teaching and then carried it on long after they left. 
So if, if someone comes to me and says, you know, you're a leader, how do I get to be a leader? I say, teach. Get a passion for helping and growing other people and then teach those people. And that, that's, that's what leadership is. They will catch your values and they will catch, um, they, they will catch your drift in terms of where they think they would like to go. And Phil, would you say that that is the single most important criteria of leadership? Easily. Easily. Um, you know, <clears throat> uh, getting back to... Oh, sounds like we're going to go to a break. Okay. Hold that thought and we'll come right back. This is Leadership Development News. And this is Kathy Greenberg with Dr. Relly Nadler. And our guest today is Phil Richards. So stay tuned. Line in business. Voice America business. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better what do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately how do you delegate effectively how do you develop strong relationships across the organization emotional intelligence training coaching books and tools by dr nadler are available at his website www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066 do you need directions to solve financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Dad, let's sing that bedtime song. Rock-a-bye, baby, by Newton's treetop. His first law of motion, make sure you won't stop. The same rules of physics apply to a ball. While gravity is a force that makes things fall. By the sixth grade, many girls lose interest in math and science, but it's never too early to set your daughter's future in motion. For some simple ideas, go to girlsgotech.org. A public service announcement brought to you by Girl Scouts of USA and Ad Council. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking with Phil Richards. 
the uh, CEO of North Star Resource Group. And Phil, just before the break, we were talking about some of that work-life, uh, work-leadership balance, and you were about ready to kind of go into the next piece on that. So maybe you can follow up with that. Well, the, the uh, first of all, I, I complimented uh, both you and Kathy in terms of you focusing on that in your coaching uh, responsibilities because I think it's so true. And we, we come at it for, with a different metaphor, and it's actually an idea that was uh, propelled by a uh, psychologist by the name of Maury Sheckman in uh, one of his many books. But he talked about uh, blending and not balancing because when you balance two things, you're pitting one against the other. So it's not pitting my home versus my work. It's trying to find a way of blending the two of them so that they support and one and one equal three rather than trying to uh, balance those. And, and I, uh, I just quoted a James Michener piece, um, and I'll just give you the end of it. He simply pursues his vision of excellence at whatever he does, leaving others to decide whether he's working or playing. To him, he's always doing both. James Michener. And what he's saying in there is the same thing, and that is to blend these things, make them support one another rather than juxtaposition them against uh, one one another. Phil, can you talk um, with the time that we have left, I think we have about nine or ten minutes, about your book, 25 Secrets for Sustainable Success. Now, you said the book is available through Gamma International, so if, if our listeners go to the Gamma, G-A-M-A, International website, and I yes. believe that's www.gammainternational.com, right. they, they can get the book. Can you, can you tell us some of the secrets that you've discovered that are in your book that we haven't touched on yet? Uh, sure. Uh, the first one, and we kind of touched on it, but not, is vision comes first. Always your vision. What is your vision? Then come the strategies. Next come the tactics. And then finally comes execution. Uh, we talked about Chinese table tennis. That's one of the things. Do what you're best at and delegate the rest. Teach, teach, teach. Today's readers are tomorrow's leaders. Servant leaderships. Compliments are verbal sunshines. We send a, I send a monthly note to everybody in our organization, always saying, always looking for something positive. Think tombstones, growing others, and changing lives forever. Forget the computer. Focus on creativity and relationships. Don't, don't be afraid of the computer. Computer can't be creative, and the computer can't do relationships. That's your competitive advantage. Specialize. People love specialists. People love to be with people who specialize in them, in their needs, in their profession, or whatever. Um, habits, 30-day rule. We haven't talked about habits, but, but I, I say if, if, you want to, if you want to change something, do it for 30 days in a row. You'll end up with commitment. You'll end up not with involvement, but with commitment. Uh, written goals. Once you put things in the public domain versus your private domain, and in the book Built to Last, it's called BHAGs, or Big, Hairy, Audacious Goals. Never limit yourself. Never limit yourself. You can do anything that you have the resolve to do. And I think that's the, that's the focus of the leader. That's what a leader is for, is to bring the very best in people out. We call it a high-performance no-excuse culture, high-performance, no-excuse culture. And that begins with the leader. You have to demand that of yourself. And others will see that you demand it of themselves and that you're not asking them to do things that you wouldn't do yourself. And that is inspect what you expect and expect only what you inspect. And then finally, my rule number 25 is, is something that I took from another book called, which we referenced earlier, The Power of Purpose. 
There's so much power in purpose. And in another book, a psychologist by the name of Dick Leiter called The Power of Purpose, he talks about the formula for happiness. These are the four components. Everybody says, you know, when I get to be happy, how will I know I'm there? Well, he, he told me where it is, and I've shared this with thousands of people since I've learned it myself because it's very profound. And he says there's four criteria. If you follow these four criteria, you will be a happy person, and that is live where you want to live with those you love, doing the right thing on purpose. Not by accident, on purpose. Live where you want to live with the people you love, doing the right thing on purpose. So those are just some of the other ones that we didn't reference or cover today, Kathy. Uh, It's just such tremendous wisdom in such a short period of time. I want to make sure that if there's any other tips that you haven't gotten to write about but that you're thinking about that you can give our leaders and and our listeners about applying uh, what you have done in your life and your career, what might they be? Well, the first one would be all, all of the important things in life are invisible. Hmm. They're all invisible. And at the end of the day, the only things you'll take with you are the things you've given away. If you think in those terms, other people will beat a path to your door. And that's what makes for the leadership, because you're teaching, you're thinking, tombstones, and other people want to emulate what they see and respect. That's what makes a leader. That, that is so true, and it's so touching, and it's so easy to do. Um, really, why don't we do that? <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we need more people like Phil and you and I to kind of give, give us a little bit of the, of the formula, especially when you say all important things are invisible. So, and I know, Phil, through your work, you're making some of these things uh, visible. And um, maybe you can say a little bit more about that, because if all important things are, are invisible, I imagine it's what you say, what you do, but to maybe just say a little bit more about that so that people can maybe well, paint, a, paint a picture. Love, service, caring, community, charities, those are all invisible things, mm. but they're the most important things at the end of the day. They're what they're what we'll want to be remembered for, and they will be what other people remember us as having done while we were here. They're invisible. Well, so we certainly will remember you today and for as long as we can, and uh, it's been an honor being with you for this time, and thank you for giving everything away today to us. It has been my pleasure. Thank you for having me, Kathy and Raleigh. Thanks, Phil. It's been, this has been wonderful. Great. And this is Leadership Development News uh, signing off. We'll speak with you folks again next week. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you're leaving us today with some great ideas and inspiration from today's top leaders. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel.